the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black and your money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in more business. Beauty is my business, so to speak. My business is talking about investing, talking about retirement, talking about saving, talking about the market. We got a good news day, off the cuff, quick, fast, and furious. The SP 500 up six, the Dow up 27, the Nasdaq up 19. 10-year treasury sits at 2.86%. I think the big event this week on the economic front is going to happen on Friday when we get the jobs report, first Friday of every month. I think the big event happening politically is Syria. And President Barack Obama this morning spoke in Sweden, probably evening in Sweden. Morning here in California. Uh, Long story short, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? We're going to strike Syria. Uh, whether you believe America is the world's police or don't, whether you believe Assad is a bully killing and hurting innocent women and children, but his enemies are, you know, faction groups of Al-Qaeda. So we're helping Al-Qaeda. It's just strange. It's just strange. I can't say it any other way. Let me try it one more way. It's so strange. No, I, could, I guess I can say it a different way. So, politics trumps economics. I know. Boo. We're due for a political event in Syria. It's not going to be, how shall we say, I don't want to say classy, Uh, maybe honorable. It's not going to be honorable. But that's going to happen and the market's going to deal with it. But what's interesting about that is Goldman Sachs came out this morning and said Syria strike could actually help the U.S. economy with the debt ceiling issue. What? Increases the high likelihood that Congress will approve a temporary extension of spending authority, avoiding a partial government shutdown. It makes slightly more likely that Congress will provide partial relief from the spending cuts under sequestration, though they think that may or may not actually happen. So Goldman Sachs is coming out and saying, you know, Syria is going to unite Congress on some levels to push forward for a couple more months before being derisive. Whoa. Talk about the unintended consequences. Later today, we get the Fed Beige book at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, And that's going to give us some insight into economic trends. 
It's called a beige book because, oddly enough, the color was once beige. Skyler. She's wearing beige and whites this year in large part because, well, life is being sucked out of her. Speech on the economy and monetary policy today in Portland, Oregon from San Francisco Fed President Williams. Non-voter, but yet uh, someone we're paying attention to to see what is going to happen with this whole tapering thing, September 17th and 18th. I think in all likelihood, if the jobs report is positive on Friday, you see tapering begin on Treasuries. I think you see a lot of disclosure around, like, hey, we may change our mind. Hey, anything can happen. Hey, we'll get you back. Dollar General came out with just a a blowout quarter. question now is, is Dollar General, family dollar, do they get acquired by Walmart? Because clearly they're having an impact. LinkedIn plans a $1 billion secondary offering. $1 billion! Um, Okay, yeah, that's a lot of money. And they're doing some really good things at LinkedIn. It's the Facebook for professionals, and with that said, they've got a three-tier system of revenue. That is very, very positive. H&R Block lost more than expected. Revenue was well above expectations, but investors more focused on an increase in expenses for the nation's biggest tax preparer. Hain Celestial. Carl Icahn cut his steak by about half. They make tea, baby food, and other organic products. Jacques Parry, the famous French retailer. Um, you're seeing everyone come in and pick up shares of JCPenney ever since Bill Ackman sold the shares. Apple is going to have a big event in Cupertino, September 10th. New phone, new TV product, maybe a watch hint. But even more importantly, Apple said that they're going to have an event September 11th in China, and analysts are flubbing over themselves to raise price targets on Apple. The momentum is starting to get back with it. Will the next price target be 700 can it go back to those lofty levels? Or will five days from now come and go, and we go, eh, you know, a watch. What's it going to do that's all that different than a phone, other than be a watch? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Apple's up nine buckaroos today. Oh, the China thing. If they get China mobile, woo woo. That's biggie. As I like to refer, that's biggin. Biggins. I like my uh, breakfast buns huge. The bigger the bun, the better. And it's a biggin. So Apple going to announce some event September 11th in China. Bank of America completed a $1.5 billion sale of its stake in China Construction Bank, ending its investment in China's second largest lender. J.P. Morgan Chase is going to pay $18 million to settle a lawsuit charging inadequate disclosure about certain mortgage investments. Google turns 15 years old today, and they've announced their next operating system for the phone. This is going to be called KitKat. Some people are upset by that. Uh, some were really pulling for key lime pie. I know. It's like you can't make this stuff up, right? I love me my key lime pie. Um, 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 um. 
Let's see. Oh, back to the Apple upgrade. Cantor Fitzgerald analyst today said 777 price target. Oh, but uh, interesting to know. Interesting to know. Citigroup downgraded U.S. equities to underweights and valuations from not as attractive as other parts of the world. The firm upgraded the U.K. and emerging markets. These areas appear the cheapest major regions across the world. Across the whole wide world. Um, you know, this is just crazy how much positive news there is out there today. Uh, John Stewart made a pretty big return last night to the Daily Show, having taken the summer off. New Apple TV product is expected next week, in large part because analysts are seeing that things have been sent from a certain manufacturer called BYD Precision out of China, set-top boxes. So there's packaging slips that say uh, set-top box communication. And with Apple coming up with iOS 7, it makes sense that they would update something with the TV product. Um, But, yeah, lots of information coming out in the next couple days. Oh, and by the way, Samsung's coming out with their watch announcement this morning. And the big thought is, why do we care instantly strike some people? Um, Some of the specs being talked about, 4 megapixel, 720p front-facing camera, 2.5-inch touchscreen, 1.5-inch gigahertz dual-core processor, Bluetooth 4.0, ability to run some Android apps. I got a big event coming up in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel, Thursday, September 12th. It's Retirement Boot Camp. You can learn more and sign up at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW. 1254, that's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One point eight million people ditched cable TV as free Wi Fi makes quarter cord cutter myth turn real. Another quarter, another dismal set of numbers uh, for the TV industry. This is a big story. It has big implications on the future of media. Some believe that Google and Apple will become the next CBS's and HBO's. Netflix as well. About 1.8 million people ended their cable TV subscriptions in the second quarter of 2013. Some of those people went to other TV supply and services, such as telcos like Verizon or AT&T that offer TV along with broadband Internet access. But overall, the number of people who pay for any type of TV service are in decline. 
That's intriguing. Cable TV suppliers lost 1.8 million subscribers. Telco companies and internet providers who supply cable TV, in other words, gained 400,000. So you look at those numbers and you see a lot of people gone. Over 900,000 people have cut the cord completely in the past year. The rate of losses is increasing. There's some people out there who want a la carte cable, which I would kill for. Let's say you have kids, you get the Nickelodeon package. Let's say you have kids and teenagers, maybe you get the Nickelodeon and the sci-fi package. Let's say you have a father, a dad who basically is fat and bloated and dejected and everything in his life has turned out poorly, so he lives vicariously through sports franchises. Maybe get the sports fran- uh, package. They say that you and I pay about almost $6 for ESPN in our cable bills. ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN University. And they go out and they spend a lot of money on sports. And that gives us the ability to watch, like, Monday Night Baseball on ESPN and the ever-so-bloated Kurt Schilling, who basically pushed the company into bankruptcy, took state money, and then he has the moral right to judge Alex Rodriguez. Good golly, Miss Molly. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. So anyway, if you and I did a la carte, which is something John McCain, who was talking to Syria in Congress yesterday, and he was caught playing poker on his phone while debating Syria, what's that tell you about congressional leaders? Uh, are you up in arms over that? Hell no, you don't care, because you'd be playing poker too on your phone. So, free Wi-Fi, folks whose primary access to video and the web is on mobile devices and tablets, the young and the poor, have a less urgent need for subscriber services. The pay TV business is still huge, but the losses in old-fashioned cable are not being gained by telco internet suppliers who supply TV. Interesting to pay attention to this trend. Um, the twist here, the twist here, the twist here. What is the twist here? Oh, back to K, uh, ESPN. You and I are paying almost $6 a month for the right to have ESPN on our cable services, even though we may or may not want it. So the hot chick, the cool dude, the artist, the politician, we all pay 6 bucks a month for this. They say that if we go to a la carte and some people would say, you know, I don't want that, it would jump to $25 a month for those that do want it. And I think that's fair. $25 a month to watch sports is nothing when you compare it to the cost of going to sports. Now, again, for the fat bloated dad whose life has ended up in misery and not getting to where he wanted to get in life, yeah, he's going to be pretty bitter about that. The average price, so that changes your investment in Comcast, changes your investment in Apple, your investment in Netflix. You know, the companies like Comcast who have the cable, but they also have the cable modem, which, again, you have to pry from my dead fingers, my cable modem. The average transaction price for a new vehicle in the United States hit $31,252 in August. That's up 3.2% from a year ago. It's up 164 bucks from July. 
So car companies, uh, transactions are everything. Add-ons, taxes, license fees, price of the vehicle, discounts. It amounts to that total out-of-the-door price. Historically low interest rates as well as very attractive lease specials fueled by high resale values. Over 20% of all vehicles, 25% of all vehicles, are now leased. Weird. I remember not that long ago, people were like... um, Hating lease company, leasing, right? Okay, I hate you, lease companies, lease options on cars. I want to own my car, but now that it's cheaper to lease than to buy, people are like, mm, I want to lease my car. So Bob Guillo, he spent thirty-five thousand dollars to hope that he would learn some dumb Trump's real estate secrets. Trump University is being sued by. Attorney Generals, cash poor people with little to gain that you can't already learn from what's on the internet. Some people have dished out 17000 some people 35000 They're told to get their credit card limits raised to buy real estate, but the true purpose is that they could pay for the next bunch of seminars. If you believe in Trump, if you believe in what that BS artist sells, there's something seriously, seriously wrong with you. I would say there's a pretty good chance that you've suffered some sort of trauma to the head. Trump's former students are coming together to tell their stories in the wake of a $40 million lawsuit against the great comb-over artist himself. The billionaire developer says that the lawsuit is false and the school did a fantastic job with 98% approval ratings. Um, everything that is taught in their manuals, you could pull up on your home computer. It was an education that you should never, ever, ever have gotten. A $25,000 private three-day mentorship program, and you get to take your picture with a cardboard cutout. Um, People are using the word scam. People are using the word rip-off. California's got a class action lawsuit going against it. Some students were scammed $40,000. That's, I don't know. Again, you get what you pay for. But at that same point in time, I don't think you got what you paid for there. I think you got fooled into thinking that you too could be a millionaire like him. And there's other people out there like Kiyosaki who sell the same line of BS, just different package. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Got a big event coming up, coming up. Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Learn more about it at robblack.com. AM You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeartRadio Station. Welcome back in. We're Bustle Negro, 
John McCain was caught playing iPhone poker during Sierra hearing. That's awesome. John Stewart makes triumphant return to the Daily Show and shreds Obama. Basically saying, you know, wow, America's taking military action against the Middle East regime. It's like I never left. Some people are looking at the way the U.S. handles military action as not wanting to appear weak. As that's not, that's okay to appear weak. To interrupt a country's civil war or to interrupt a leader killing his own citizens with military might that they can't possibly muster against him. I don't have the answers. I don't pretend to. I would much rather watch Breaking Bad, sit on my couch, and eat corn chips. It's something you deal with on the platform of business and how it relates to the economy and the stock market. It's something that has the ability to change the stock market as it could give the stock market an excuse to sell. A lot going on there in that argument, right? Analysts are looking for another awesome month of auto sales, and so far they're getting it. The low cost of loans, the new product, all contributing to help uh, Detroit in the autos, as well as some foreign imports doing really, really well. Teach calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Art Cashin is talking today some trading rules. He says sell on Rosh Hashanah, buy on Yom Kippur, except weakness, September weakness, and Rosh Hashanah. Tonight at sundown marks the start of Rosh Hashanah, a little over 50 years ago. Uh, people on Wall Street started tracking this. So there's always phrases like, Santa Claus rally, sell in May and go away. And Wall Street has a larger proportion of Jewish employees than other industries. So you can get that thesis that you could wish to be true or not true on the distraction of worldly goods during a period of reflection and self-appraisal and how it would play out on Wall Street. Then you could try to study market cycles and economic cycles. September-October weakness often correspond to the Rosh Hashanah tradition. Is it cultural or is it coincidence? You know, I don't know if... Last year, you shorted Rosh Hashanah, and you bought Yom Kippur. You would have netted a profit, while the SP 500 fell 1.9% in that period. So if you look at just the pure facts, Rosh Hashanah, September through October, um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8 down periods of time, with only 5 periods of uptime. So the facts are there. That September to October, not necessarily so good. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. The SP 500 is up 7. The Dow is up 43. The Nasdaq up 21. Joining me now, CFP 
Chad Burton. Chad, it's an easy topic to get into. A lot of spinning, a lot of fluff. It's been done before and again, but the prenup. Prenuptial agreement, financial contract between you and the person you're marrying, typically considered a contentious idea in the media. What's your thoughts? It shouldn't be. I think that uh, if you can't, it's really a barometer, I think, for the marriage. If you can't talk about money, if you can't talk about a prenup, um, then you're probably going to have problems. We all know that, what, about 50, 55% of marriages fail? Yep. Where prenups are even more important is t- tends to be that second marriage, and 60% of second marriages fail. Wow. And the second marriage, you're dealing with issues of not only money, but also of children from previous marriages, and that, you know, how do you step-parent? Um, how do you deal with those issues on top of money? So prenups, you know, if you're getting married straight out of college, unless you're doing a, you know, you're a, you're already well into your law degree or you're, you know, you're going to medical school or whatever. Um, a lot of times there's not a lot to protect. But in your second marriage, you have kids, you have assets, you have, uh, you might have a business where you have salary, which is community property plus profit distributions, which can you can separate outside of that. Um, so it's really important in that second marriage to talk about money, talk about how the kids are going to be raised, talk about prenup. You've already been through a divorce once, so don't don't do it wrong again. So a prenup is a good idea. I always tell the story about how out of college I lived with a girl, and uh, she swears one album was hers, one CDs was hers. I swear I bought it. And when we broke up, it was contentious over a CD. Yeah. Could you imagine more important things like IRAs or if you own a business? Like you talked about CD. What about what about these iTunes accounts that married people end up with all this music, and then how do you split that up? I don't know. You can have it. <laughs> just go. You can, <laughs> your, you can have your 99 left balloons. <laughs> you can have it. Just go. It's a phrase that pays. Um, so you need a prenup if you're going to get an inheritance, if you own a business, if you have children from a previous relationship, like Chad said, if you don't make a lot of money now, but maybe your future earnings are going to be greater. Uh, you know, I'm a classic example of that. And like kids in law school. You know, they get married in, in grad school, and then, you know, he, she supports him. She's waiting tables. He's getting his law degree. Next thing you know, he's making a giant salary five, ten years down the road, and uh, there's an L Splitsville. Yeah. Well, it's you and a lot of business owners. A lot of business owners end up, you know, the first ten years of, of working and, and being a slave to your, your business that you're trying to create. You don't make a lot of money in the beginning. You're always working towards that future scenario of, okay, the business is now finally running itself instead of you running the business. And that's when you can start taking profit distributions and things like that. So a lot of marriages fail when you have a business owner that's, you know, kind of a workaholic. And so in that second marriage, it tends to be when that business owner is now finally hitting that point where they wanted. They have the right salary. They have the right profit distributions. So that's when it's really important because when you get married, Rob, your salary is typically community property. So that's really hard to protect. And you can you can do certain things in terms of, well, if the marriage lasts this long and you're at home taking care of the kids, then maybe I'll pay support for a certain period of time. You've got to think that all through. If you're going to get married and you both have kids or, or you have kids and the spouse doesn't, who's going to take care of the children? And what's going to happen if the divorce lasts 10 years and one person stayed at home and didn't join the workforce? How are you going to help? How are they going to get retrained? There's all sorts of things that come in the prenup agreement. People need to do this before they cohabitate. And well before marriage. 
it's tough to do after, and it's tough to do when you suddenly learn, like, this person has a problem communicating with money. It's right. emotional for them. Well, after, yeah, I mean, the prenup is before. So the postnup comes into play where you get, you know, a separation occurs and almost a divorce, and then you kind of, usually a postnup will come into play where, okay, fine, I'll get back together. But you had a debt problem. You had a gambling problem. You had a spending problem. So if we if we get <laughs> you know back, my, you to, know my life really well. <laughs> if we get you spend too much on scotch, if we <laughs> if we get back together and we do end up getting divorced after all, after all, here's what's going to happen. Gotcha. Anything else that we need to know? Um, boy, it's you can't don't do a bunch of frivolous things. I, I've seen really odd things in a in a prenup where people get caught up in uh, literally how much you're supposed to weigh. <laughs> Who's supposed to mow the lawn? Who's you know those types of things? So don't, don't get caught up in it. Make make it uh, open communication. Use a counselor to approach it um, if you think it's going to be contentious. But the prenup, you got to put everything on the table. That's a chance where you show all your assets, all your liabilities. Because if you don't, they're not going to hold up. I think I think weight should be part of a marriage contract. Yeah. So it, it how unfair to marry someone then they become a drunken slob. <laughs> Story of my life. Story of my life. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black. Talk all things financial. You can come meet CFP Chad Burton and myself Thursday, September 12th. We're going to be doing a retirement workshop boot camp in, in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. It's strangely the only hotel in the world that is made out of cookie dough. Toll House Cookie Dough. It's Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Europe is rebounding. China's doing a tad better. The United States continues along the same path. Historically, selling stocks because of earnings decline has been a disappointing thought, and execution has led to underperformance. I think right now you want to consider European exposure because it's been down and out. You want to buy China exposure, buy India exposure. India has been oversold compared to China. You want to buy the China consumer by buying investment plays. And you want to be cautious on UK and US stocks right now. Stocks have had a big run in certain parts of the world. Stocks have underperformed in other parts of the world. You're always looking for bargains. You're always looking for discounts. You're always looking to cut your risk. You need to have strategies like this. Find out more about me at robblack.com and find out more about that event in Toll House Hotel, September 12th at robblack.com. Rob Black. Gains for August. I'm Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio. And... You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So there's something very interesting happening in the world right now. The G7, the G20. are honestly coming up to be the G0. Last week, President Barack Obama proposed, I'm going to strike against Syria when I want to strike against Syria. A day later, he said, I'm going to go to the American people and Congress to make sure that they want this. He quickly retracted his power. Some people see that as a weakening of position. 
What's interesting to note about this is the UK said the same thing. We want to, we want to check with our people, see if how they feel about this. It's back to school time right now, and it has to infuriate parents that they go back to school, they meet their teacher, and their teacher's begging for supplies. The teacher's begging for toys. The teachers are begging for tools to help them educate their children. Our country always seems to have money for war. Our country never seems to have money for education. That's tragic. It's educated people who justify war. More education equals more war. Assad is well-educated. I don't know. I'm not trying to make a statement in any way, shape, or form. I do wish that the priorities out of Congress would focus on transportation issues as well as education. I will vote for any candidate who says education, transportation, and automatic 401ks for all employees in the United States. You automatically have to save some part of your earnings. Something like that or you're automatically enrolled. Other countries do it. New Zealand does it. Australia does it. I don't see that as a negative to automatically save for your own retirement. Puts less of a burden for Congress to do it for you through Social Security. So why is it that we never have enough money for education? Why is it that teachers have to beg? So... That's my political leanings. I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. I'd say I have a little mix of both. And sadly, we live in a nation that says, you choose one. You vote that way. Jack Dorsey is someone I follow on Twitter. And I'm so in love with this guy. As a guy who came up with Twitter, as a guy who's come up with Square, He's coming up with concepts that are very, very beneficial to changing and increasing productivity in the world. On top of it, he built a camp for women on coding. I know you're going to say, that sounds interesting. There's a college code camp, a four-day immersion program developed to inspire women engineering students to pursue a career in computer science after college. There's also now a high school camp, an eight-month program designed to teach local San Francisco high school girls computer science, led by some of the engineers that he employs at Square. One of the areas that I wish I knew more of is math and science. I would kill to have stronger pedigree in both. Right now, there's just 12% of jobs in computing that are held by women. 18% of computer science graduates are women compared to 37% in 1984. 29% of computer specialist jobs in the United States can be filled with qualified graduates by 2020. In the year 2020, there will be 1.4 million computer specialist job openings. I love that Jack Dorsey is dedicated resources to empowering women. It is my belief that Google, that Facebook, will open up similar programs and potentially even two-year degrees 
to help fill the needs that they have with computer systems and computer engineers, coders, and, and much, much more. I totally believe in letting your kids play soccer, but also I totally believe in, in opening their minds to potentially coding and engineering. Uh, higher paying jobs. So Jack Dorsey, I salute you. Um, just a super talented um, mind that's open to, you know, some barriers that haven't always been open. Anyhow, I digress. And I know I digress, and I, I super apologize for that. It's kind of what I do. SP 500's up a 7. On a day that Ga- Samsung's going to unveil the Galaxy Gear watch, the SP 500's up 7. We've got to have more than that. We're going to get a, a smartwatch today. It's going to change the way we breathe oxygen. Dow's up 69, the NASDAQ up 25. 10-year treasury bonds to 2.86%. Hello, 3% on Friday if the jobs report is positive. Gold down 21 buckaroos to 1390. Oil down a buck to 107. <sighs> Facebook market cap tops $100 billion. Is it worth it? That's always a big question. I think it's going to grow into its valuation quite nicely. Uh, over the next nine months, over the next three quarters, I think mobile advertising is going to flourish. Then the comparables start becoming problematic. And down the road, we're going to see buybacks and dividends and things along those lines. I think mobile advertising could become such a bullet shot into any said market that market advertisers will pay premiums. Right now, market advertisers have to you know, play what's called spots and dots, where you just buy uh, 15,000 people are going to watch you on TV today. I know a spot on Channel 4 Cron at 9.15 that 15,000 people will watch. And as an advertiser, you go, whoa. But some of those are in the East Bay, some of them in the Peninsula, some of them in Marin, some of them in San Francisco, some of them are young, some of them are old. What if you can guarantee people under 30 and you're pushing a Kia to them guarantee people in their mid-30s and you're pushing a BMW. Advertisers want that. They'll pay a premium for that. You're listening to Roberto Negro y Doleros on the Wall Street Business Network. You can find me at robblack.com. Got a big event coming up in Los Gatos, September 12th. It's a Thursday, retirement boot camp. Sign up at robblack.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. It finally happened. I know you're saying, did you crack? No. Close, though. It finally happened. Have I changed my goals on retirement? No, that's not it either. Is a million-dollar retirement portfolio realistic? It's a good question. I think it's a magic number, savings goal of a million dollars. Some people think 500000 is a more realistic goal. I want at least $2 million because I want to have an emergency fund. I want to be able to use credit to buy automobiles and expensive things. I don't want to drain my savings by using cash. I've got plans for what $1 million will and won't get me. I've got plans for what $2 million will and won't get me. 
I know about real rate of returns. And that's what the show's all about, talking about these types of issues. So the big day is finally come. I know you're saying, the smartwatch from Samsung. That's got to be it. The smartwatch, the new category. No, that doesn't really excite me either. Because what will a smartwatch do that a cell phone can't? That, so there's nothing super exciting. Maybe it's more style in our communication devices. Uh, maybe it's, but it's another thing that we're going to have to charge. Okay, so the day has finally come. That's right. That's right. Dancing with the Stars has unveiled their new cast for the 17th season. Snooky. You know, I know someone last year. She basically dumped her fiancé, which is pretty dramatic, because he watched Jersey Shore. But it's also realistic that we're looking for mates that will potentially, uh, you know, please us on multiple levels, including are they a saver, are they a spender? How do they consume media? So Snooki's going to be on Dance with the Stars. Valerie Harper. She had been diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, she's going to be on the cast. Jack Osborne, also on the cast. Bill Nye, the science guy. Eh. Keyshawn Johnson. Eh. Christina Milan. Eh. Bill Ingvall. Eh. Right? We hit Remini, the Scientologist quitter. Um, I know. It's that kind of sad, right? So there's not a lot going on in the world. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot going on in the world. Tons going on in the world today. President Barack Obama talking about Syria to leaders in Sweden on his way to the G20 meeting. Some people see the G20 as finished, i.e., Countries do what protects their own interest at this point in time. And I kind of get that. SP 500 is up 10, the Dow's up 87, the NASDAQ up 29. So Samsung, in a couple hours, will unveil the watch. Facebook is a company that's in the news because it's slowly but surely been moving higher. Now, Facebook, obviously, publicly traded company. Hit a high of 42.26. Today it hit a high of 42.17. So it's just off its all-time highs. It's got a market cap of over 100 billion dollars. Can they grow into that market cap? It's got a PE of 188 times this earning year's earnings. It's trading at next year's 43. That's some damn fast growth. So if you invest in it, you go. It's expensive now, so I'm going to buy a little bit today. And if it goes down, I'm going to buy a little bit. And if it goes up, I'm going to buy a little bit next year. So you scale into it. You don't buy all. There's no need to. Apple's up huge today because they sent out a pretty postcard saying, September 10th, come to Cupertino. Come and see our magic show. But they also sent out, September 11th, come to China, see our magic show. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. You've never done that before. There's a carrier there that wants respect called China Mobile. They're the largest telecom carrier in the world. It's based on subscribers. It is believed that that's going to be the unveiling of China Mobile as a partner. I don't know. Do I care? Not terribly. 
thousands of homeowners in New York and New Jersey are learning that construction guidelines are very costly. And if they don't follow them, they're going to have to pay flood insurance rates that could top $20,000 a year. KFC Japan's going to start selling deep fried soup. I know you're saying, that's what I've been looking for. That's what we've been talking about. Okay, so I gave you that story. Deep fried soup. Do you love me more? Or not so much? Detroit auto sales, just stunning. Um, They're on a roll. They're raising prices. That is reason to own some of the stocks or at least some of the debt bond issues by them. Morgan Stanley's talking about ways to invest right now. They want you to buy some European exposure because it's been down. I've been down and out. I've been down and out before. Um, We've all been down and out. Europe has been down and out. They think India is a great way to play China because India's stock markets have been just ravaged. And they're more, I'm not going to say civilized, because that'll upset some people. Oh, I guess I just said it. Send all hate mail letters to uh, chatatchadburton.com. You could buy the China consumer versus investment plays. And you should be cautious right now in UK and US stocks. Despite all the hard landing hype, China's economy looks far more stable at the moment than its counterparts. Within China, consumer seems like the play as the government seems willing to go down a path of quality growth rather than just growth driven by investment, which has you know, been led by overcapacity in a lot of sectors. So the European economy is starting to lift again, so betting on Europe should do well. European stocks have been trouncing U.S. stocks recently, so it's not an unheard of concept. Coming up this hour, I'm going to be speaking to Dr. Jeff Rosen, chiefeconomistbriefing.com, talking about the 10-year treasury, talking about what's happening on Wall Street. LinkedIn getting kind of pushed down a little bit today. Stocks up 114% this year, just beneath its 52-week high. They're basically issuing a billion dollars in new stock. They're raising a billion dollars. What are they going to use it for? General purposes, expanding product offerings, expanding its operations internationally, potential strategic acquisitions, putting shares on the market dilutes the ownership stake of existing shareholders, and it negatively impacts the company's earnings per share. So the stock is getting pulled back a little bit on that. Each calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Goldman Sachs is saying that Syria could unite the United States Congress to deal with budget and deficit and sequestration issues, to push them out a little bit, thus not deal with them. But that's in its own little way dealing with them. Dollar General had a great quarter this morning. Um, J.C. Penney, seeing a lot of investors scoop it in. Keep your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I've got a big event coming up. Retirement Workshop Boot Camp, September 12th from 630 to 9 at Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. You can sign up for it right now at robblack.com. Is going. The growth that we've seen has been in interest rate sensitive sectors. It has been in housing. It has been- That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Calls me here. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The Senate panel is going to vote on strikes against Syria. Sometimes in the past, our strikes haven't worked out the way we wanted them to. At one point in 1983, we bombed forces in Lebanon. And they bombed our Marine Corps barracks. Same thing happened in Libya. They responded with a bombing of Pan Am Flight 103. History tells us something that there's retaliation, there's actions and reactions, there's um, things don't always go smoothly. Not political, just saying it. SP, and that's why I public debate is huge on this at this point in time. It's interesting to note because we used to be a nation that the president had that authority. Now it's like we think the people should. And not just us, the UK and other countries. It's fascinating to watch change. SP 500 up 10, the Dow up 80, the NASDAQ up 26. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Part of creating wealth is ensuring what you can't afford to lose. Disability insurance ensures your ability to earn income. Homeowner's insurance ensures your home in case a tree falls on it. Life insurance, it ensures your income that you would lose if you died early, prematurely. Most of us don't. Most of us don't like talking about life insurance, Chad, because it's all about death, my death. Yeah, I mean, you should really focus on disability insurance if you can't afford it, because it, it does get expensive, um, at least something like an AFLAC, which gives you some short-term disability coverage if you know you break something and you can't work. Um, but life insurance is something that's very necessary if you have kids. And unfortunately, it's one of those areas where you start thinking about, you have children, you think about what happens if I pass away, and how do I save for my family, how do I send my kids for college, and that creates kind of a... Uh, a golden situation for a life insurance agent to come in and sell somebody saying life insurance is the key to everything. It's the key to protect your income. It's a key to send your kids to college. It's a great investment tool. You can pull money out of it tax-free, and it's a great sales pitch, and a lot of people fall into that trap. I know a guy who used to sell insurance just like that, and now he's driving a truck. Yeah, that's typically what happens. People are starting to learn that term life is the best way to get life insurance. Buy term and invest the rest. It's a phrase that pays for you, for me, for most of the people out there. Um, because you don't really need term life insurance. You don't really need life insurance on your children when they're 25, 30, 40, 45 years old. They don't need that big paycheck when dad dies. Well, no, and you know, I mean, there's so many options in terms of maxing out your 401k, how much you can put into that, Roth IRAs, spousal IRAs, 529 plans, tax-efficient index funds. Life insurance um, it has been very disappointing. So people get sold cash value life insurance saying, here's the great rates, the investments, and then you can take money out of it tax-free in the form of loans. But a lot of those policies are blowing up on people because the investments in the variable life insurance policies have done horribly. And the interest rates on the, the kind of the whole life or universal life have dropped in half. And so a lot of these people that were going to put a whole bunch of money in and then take money out of it at retirement are now finding that they're getting these bills saying your policy is going to lapse at age 60 unless you put more money in it. And you thought you bought a savings vehicle. So now people are wondering, what do they do? What do they do with these policies that they dump too much money in? 
And you don't need whole life insurance, you know. I had a grandmother pass away a couple years ago, 95 years old. Um, I'm glad she didn't have a million-dollar policy that she paid for her whole life up to 95 because she probably would have paid 5 to $10 million into it to get a million back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get an oil well. I did get a farm. So instead of buying expensive insurance, she was buying assets that appreciate over time, and that's part of the inheritance per se. Yeah, so here as a, you know, my experience in the business, I got into the business on the sales side. Everybody back, you know, almost 20 years ago when I got into it, it was commission-based world. And so... Um, and I'm still licensed in insurance, but we do fee-based planning. Here's the instances where permanent life insurance comes into play. Okay. Everybody else should buy term and invest the difference. The 1% of the population that needs permanent insurance, number one is if you have a large pension from somewhere that okay. is going to go away if you pass away. Right. So you can look at saying, here's my lifetime if I don't take a spousal benefit, uh, and here is the option if I have a spousal benefit, but... The problem is when you take a pension and you have a spousal benefit, a lot, what if you both pass away early? Then the company wins and your kids get nothing. So there's certain circumstances, about probably about 30% of the pension planning I do, life insurance, taking the higher benefit where there's no spousal benefit and using some of the extra income to buy permanent life insurance for the spouse can make sense. Number two, estate planning issues. If you're doing a charitable remainder trust, you have a large estate that's over $5 million if you're single, $10 million if you're married. Permanent insurance and an irrevocable life insurance trust is good estate planning tools. It, it creates liquidity um, at your death to pay the taxes and allows you to get some, some income with a charitable trust. And finally, if you're a real high-income earner um, and you've maxed out all your options, you have a lot of money saved up, and you're looking for alternative savings vehicles, there's no-load or low-load life insurance that if you're that type of earner that's paying 39.6% federal, uh, you know, 12% state with the Prop 30, and I mean, you're talking about 1% of the population, then, and you've done a whole bunch of planning and you're still younger and healthy, there's certain no-load or low-load life insurance policies that can make investment sense. The average person, buy term and invest the difference. But, and we're running out of time, what if you bought the wrong insurance? Well, when, need, how do you get out? When do you get out? Well, what and you need to do... leave money on the table. You, you could potentially leave money on the table. What you need to do is say, okay, if you've had it for 5, 10 years, is it worth keeping? You call and say, I want an in-force illustration on my policy. How is it going to perform over the next 20 years? And um, if you have a taxable gain, you can roll it over somewhere else. Um, if you don't, you can just cash it in. But before you do that, before you roll it over or cash it in, make sure you apply and get the term insurance and put it in place before you make the changes on the other policy. Sounds good. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. And again, I'm Rob Black, uh, talking all things financial money, invested in more. We could talk home prices. We could talk jobs numbers. We could talk war. We could talk hot sectors. The idea of investing in emerging markets because emerging markets have been underperformers. The idea of lowering your cost basis because of that. Theories, investment money, concepts. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Coming up, I'm going to be speaking with the one, the only, Dr. Jeff Rosen. He's a doctor. He's an economist. I'm an economist, damn it. Um, With briefing.com, he will give his view on the economy, maybe some GDP talk, maybe some trucking, and auto talk out of Detroit today. We'll probably hit on maybe the war and the effects, but I'm really interested in what he thinks happens to the economy with a potential... Um, 
with potential change in the 10-year Treasury to above 3%. Take your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm going to start with an odd concept. Alligators scare me. I know you're saying, what's that all about? I never know what they're going to do. I wouldn't want to mess with one. The stock market, the economy, doesn't scare me so much. Let's bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen with Briefing.com. He is the chief economist. How are you? Mr. Good, how yourself? Good. What do you think about my odd, silly comment about alligators scare me? I was more interested in why you switched from uh, Smashing Pumpkins last week to In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel this week. I, I don't think there's anything scary going on right now. Okay. Um, we have President Barack Obama in Sweden talking about the use of force in Syria potentially getting us into a war. Economically speaking, wars tend to be good things or bad things for economies? A um, little bit of both, depending on uh, where you are. If, in terms of U.S. attacking Syria, it's probably a, a good thing in terms of ramping up spending if we do increase spending to uh, resupply the bombs that we're going to use. It's not like we're adding to our capital stock, which is, you know, long-term productive growth. It's, you know, a short-term spurt of, you know, kind of like breaking your own glass window and then uh, replacing it. But uh, it still produces, at least in the short term, a little bit of jobs. You mentioned adding to our capital. What do you mean by that? Give us a little more color. Well, so when you're trying to use an investment or you want to you know, produce spending, you want something that's long-lasting, something that's productive for the future, for future growth. Building a bomb is great for today, but it just blows up and you have to, you, you get nothing out of it. So you have to rebuild it and then you lose it again. Whereas if you spent that money, let's say, making uh, some type of investment improvement, maybe a better streets or a better bridge that improves productivity, gets people to where they need to go faster, uh, where they can you know, produce more, in the long run, that produces uh, better growth, and, and that's what you need. I tend to say on radio that I would vote for any politician who promises transportation, because that increases productivity, and education, because that increases higher wages. Um, am I off in the simplicity of voting for economic reasons? Um, I- Yes and no. I mean, okay. I think there are certain economic uh, factors that are, you know, very encourageable for government spending. I think there's a lot of government spending that is considered wasteful and, and, and should not be voted upon just because you need another bridge. I mean, case in point is the bridge to nowhere in Alaska where, you know, that, that's a 
you know, seemingly productive investment because it's, you know, transportation, but in reality it doesn't hold much weight because there's not enough people there to, to utilize it. Um, but, I mean, there, there are certain investments, I mean, definitely in, in education, especially in uh, early education and, and getting the productive benefits of that uh, has been shown tremendously. That we're probably not spending enough to do it. Okay. Topic change this morning. Dollar General came out with pretty strong numbers. Um, part of the numbers are tied towards uh, very low margin products. It tells me, just from the surface, that our economy is struggling. The poor are shopping at Dollar General, and they're buying cheap goods to get by with food stamps. Thoughts on readings out of companies like Dollar General? No, that's exactly what uh, an economist would look at that as. They would see that it's not necessarily that the poor are shopping at Dollar General because the poor always were shopping at Dollar General. It's the fact that you know some of the middle class were you were shopping, let's say at Walmart, are moving down a level to uh, Dollar General, and they're looking for cheaper substitutes, and and that's what's nerve wracking. And uh, you know we have the employment report coming out this week. I mean I'm expecting it to be strong, but if you look at the way the uh, you know, the consumer spending habits are, you know, it gives you some caution that consumers are not going out and spending money, which means that uh, businesses do not need to go out and hire people. With that out there, um, the jobs report coming out on Friday, if it's a positive surprise, 10-year treasury jumps to 3%, how does that change your outlook on the economy? It weakens investment. Uh, I don't know if it weakens it dramatically. 3% is still low on historical levels, but it's still a tightening policy. It's still a, you know, more expensive to uh, to invest, and you'd have to have higher returns to invest. You know, but we've been saying, you know, for years now that uh, even it, you know, when 10-year was at 1.5%, we weren't seeing an incentive for businesses to utilize those low costs and spend money on investment uh you know, capital and and whatnot. So it, it may be the fact that you know at three percent, businesses won't look at that nearly as uh, detrimental to, to investment if they believe that it's due, you know, completely due to uh, improving growth prospects. In that case, you may see a little bit different where. You know, businesses are not as worried about losing profit margins on investment because they're more willing to. Uh, to, to invest and to spread the wealth based on improving conditions. It's, you know, tentative to say which way is going to win out, though. I'm speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. Yesterday I did a story about the tooth fairy getting inflation, you know, another 3.6% for children. Like, But real wages in the United States haven't gone up in the last 10 years. Uh, more people are leasing cars than buying. Not more people are leasing, but a higher percentage of people are leasing than buying. Uh, are we struggling as a nation to keep up with our spending versus what we're making in wages? Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, when okay. you're seeing the savings rate being where it is, you know, and in order for spending growth to materialize, it really is going to come out of lowering the savings rate. Uh, and that's not a good thing in terms of overall dynamics of your, you know, household balance sheet. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily blame the tooth fairy on this type of stuff, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things where 
Yeah, we're not seeing job growth. We're seeing wages being maintained. Uh, you're seeing profits being kept at the upper echelon of the corporation or kept in the corporation in general. So you're not seeing the money passed down through you know, the corporate, uh, corporation holders. You're not seeing dividend growth that would necessarily be translated to stronger spending growth. So it's a really difficult time, you know, for consumers and whatnot to to move ahead. And, and I don't see that changing much uh, over the next couple of years. What are you working on right now, Dr. Jeff Rose, and that we should be aware of? Or what's concerning you, or what are you elated over? Uh, I'm looking to just basically monitor the consumer household budget. Uh, okay. You know, when you get the GDP numbers that came out, uh, the second revision came out, you get a little bit more information on how businesses are holding um, in terms of their savings rates. And we'll get the uh, financial obligations ratio stuff next week. And, you know, I'm just trying to see if, you know, when we see, we're seeing a drop in the savings rate slowly, is that because consumers can do it or is it because consumers are taking on more debt with that savings? How is that is that being monitored? And you know, how much debt do, do corporations have? Are they really, uh, you know, strung out? Can they not invest because they overinvested or overspent, you know, in the previous few years? So I'm trying to see how, uh, you know, aggregate savings has has gone on for the last few years with corporations and whatnot. Thanks very much for joining us. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. Um, concepts of economics are sometimes tough to put your head around, um, but I strongly suggest you develop 20 rules, 20 ideas that you believe in with investing, with the relationship with economics. GDP growth of 2 to 4%, a lot of good things can happen, for instance. I will write that down. I will live by it. GDP growth under 1%, a lot of bad things can happen on Wall Street in the economy. Unfortunately, Wall Street is a discount mechanism, so you don't always know the bad things are about to happen. It tends to look six months in the future. The bond market, in my opinion, is much smarter than the stock market. It's a lot more real-time. So when you hear Dr. Jeff Rosen come on, or if you read his goods at briefing.com, you could slowly start to see things that you believe in. If you have mantras and rules, 20 things that you absolutely positively believe in, you will become a better investor. You should be able to write these things down. You know, Government spending always seems to go up. That's a positive for the stock market. Yeah? No? No, maybe? There's, you know, you could always invest in defense companies because government spending always seems to go up. But maybe it's not good for the long term of the United States because spending versus saving, spending versus taxes uh, can change the dynamics. But these are thoughts. I was intrigued that he latched onto my Dollar General comment that I thought was a little bit on the flip side. He was totally into it. There are consumers that are changing from Walmart into Dollar General, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, a lot of low-ticket goods, a lot of food stamps being accepted at Dollar General, at the dollar stores. I think, from a stock perspective, Walmart or Target should instantly, instantly buy dollar stores. Uh, because I think it is a trend that they could continue to uh, supply these guys with product at low costs that would keep the business in-house versus sending it out-of-house. Got a big event coming up. 
in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. It's a boot shop. It's a boot camp for retirement. It's two and a half hours. We go over a lot of financial issues tied towards retirement and wealth management. How much do you need in retirement? Big questions. We have answers. CFP Chad Burton and myself. Thursday, September 12th, 6.30 to 9. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We've got 20-some-odd spots left. Sign up today. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Lack of meaningful job creation. In the United States, sluggish real wages and incomes. It's reduced the ability of the consumer to spend. It's referred to as the lifeless wage growth. It's listless spending will probably weigh on the economic recovery in the United States. Real disposable personal incomes, which is the amount of money left after adjustments for taxes and inflation, inched up one-tenth of a percent. Total consumption unchanged for the month of July. Retailers are damn well aware of consumers' dwindling paychecks, discussions of ongoing promotions. Everything always seems to be on sale now. Gap CEO Glenn Murphy recently said something to support this. He said, in the new normal, it's not uncommon for customers for very little reason or any reason to go into hibernation, whether that's a month or whether that's for a quarter. That's just something that we've become acclimated to as retailers. There's five fabulous Indicators of discretionary spending. Dining out is on pace to rise about 2.6% over the last year. Everything else looks kind of frail. The level of retail sales at food services and drink places slumped from a better than 9% pace in January 2009 to 3.9% in July. Sales of women's and girls' clothing, which is a proxy, fell 1.5% in July. That's considerably weaker than expected. Purchases of cosmetics and perfumes over the last 12 months are running at 2.5% pace, softening the 4% expected. That's the eighth decline in 10 months. Spending on jewelry and watches is falling 14.6% year over year. So retail is getting to come to that normal of consumers will hibernate. Tobias Lefkovich, on the other hand, said U.S. equity strategist at Citigroup, he said discretionary spending is only beginning to rebound. Consumer discretionary stocks don't look attractive. So he said, hey, discretionary spending is good, but consumer discretionary stocks are overpriced. Keep in mind, there's companies like Ford that, and GM that they're basically said, hey, people are buying trucks. So we're spending in very unique ways. We're spending on our home. We're spending on home improvements, so we're getting mortgages, and then we're going out and improving our home. We're spending online for sure. And then after that, trucks and not much else. 
So as an investor, you need to pay attention to these kind of concepts. The debt ceiling debate is a pretty old Washington distraction. But, you know, we may not get that debt ceiling debate this year because of Syria. You know, we ought to have our ordinary business of government in hand, but debt ceiling is a silly distraction. Congress should get serious about it. We're hung up on partisan bickering. But, hey, let's go bomb someone. We'll kind of act like we like each other for a while. So we've seen an improved budget deficit. The vectors are moving in the right direction. Should Congress take a victory lap over the improved fiscal situation? You know, I don't think so in any way, shape, or form. I think that would be silly. You know, the deficit has come down, and it's continuing to come down for the next couple of years as the economy improves, but its trajectory to go up again happens the moment more baby boomers retire. So in the short run, it looks great. In the long run, it looks horrible. It's going down right now partially because of increases in tax revenues, partially because of spending cuts. So they're doing the wrong kind of deficit reduction. Syria is relevant right now here because Obama's going to have to spend a lot of time and political capital to hopefully get something done. So are we worried? You know, the Fed chair argument, are we worried about deficit? Are we worried about policy for next year? So the person that you don't know that's probably the most important right now, the main player in the budget, is the budget director, Sylvia Burwell. Treasury Secretary Jack Lew, he's important. We may get into a situation, if we don't do much politically, that they'll talk from the ratings agencies that we should downgrade debt in the United States. So we do have some issues that are dramatic. Anyhow, the SP 500 is up 10, the Dow's up 80, the NASDAQ up 26. Samsung's going to unveil the Galaxy Gear smartwatch today at 10 a.m. California time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be released in Germany. Is it a game changer? We'll see. Um, Apple's rallying today because they've got a big announcement coming up on September 11th. I know you're saying, no, no, it's September 10th in Cupertino. No, no, it's September 11th in China. If they pull in China Mobile, you're going to see analysts up their earnings expectations and up their price targets. LinkedIn shares are dropping on a stock offering. They're using common stock to raise a billion dollars. What do they do with that billion dollars? That's always a question. And... uh I think it's smart to issue more stock when the stock's at a 52-week high at an all-time high, and it's had a huge run. That's the time to cash out. Um, I think you can get it right. Could it go higher? Did they dilute shareholders at the wrong level? Thank, God, thank goodness they didn't do this when the stock was at 45, 55, 65, 75, 85. So you get the idea. I hope you get the idea. Hey, I'm going to be coming into your city if you live in Los Gatos, Toll House Hotel, September 12th, 6.30 to 9, 6.30 to 9. Then it's up fast. It's a retirement workshop boot camp. Sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. If you've never been to an event before, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and I'll get you into that event for free. Otherwise, sign up at robblack.com. It's five bucks. It's just trying to weed out the crazy people. Anyhow, anyway, we'll talk soon. Sign up at robblack.com. 
The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.